like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and of course we have uh, quite a show lined up for you this evening. Lots of things to play for you, and our jazz feature tonight is someone very special. He's a Canadian. And he is a musician that I don't know how many people will remember because he uh, died quite young. He was only uh, 28 years old. He died in 1971. His name, Brian Barley, and he's going to be our jazz feature artist this evening. Brian Barley had a very interesting career. He um, began his life in Sarnia, Ontario. He was born December 10th, 1942. And as a young man growing up, uh, he wanted to play music. And he was primarily interested in classical music. And he took up the clarinet. And, of course, went through a series of, uh, of uh, teachers and, and tutors. And um, eventually, um, Brian became, in, not only through, through classical music, Brian became interested in jazz music as well because he could relate the two musics together. And uh, he began to uh, listen to more jazz, and he was very impressed with um, alto saxophonist Lee Konitz. And uh, he was impressed with Lee Konitz's music. We're going to hear Lee Konitz a little later on in the show. But um, getting back to Brian Barley, uh, that motivated him to uh, take up the uh, saxophone. And he began to uh, play the saxophone when he was 13, as well as the clarinet, of course, which uh, he was uh, really developed on. Brian played in the National Youth Orchestra in Canada from 1963 to 1965, and he um, was featured on, on clarinet on, on a lot of uh, important uh, musical pieces. And later on, Brian moved to uh, Vancouver and played in the Vancouver Symphony. Now, during that time when he was with the National Youth Orchestra and including in Vancouver, Brian sought out uh, jazz gigs on the side. And uh, as I found out later, Brian wasn't all that happy um, in Vancouver. The, the scene to him was a little closed. Uh, they weren't, uh, the musicians here weren't particularly welcoming uh, and so on and so forth. I got this information not from Brian himself, 
uh, because I, I uh, didn't really get to know him very well. I only met him once, and um, my contact with him was very brief. But uh, I, um, his mother lived here, and she told me that her son, Brian, was not terribly happy. He, was, he loved playing in the Vancouver Symphony, of course, because uh, that was you know, a steady job and, and, um, and good pay and all that security and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the jazz scene, he felt, was a, a little isolated and, uh, and cliquey and um, wasn't particularly welcoming to, uh, to his ideas. Um, and what happened to Brian was that uh, he um, was on a leave uh, with the symphony. He had a couple of weeks off, and he went down to uh, Bellingham, Washington, to hear a concert. And on the way back, he got into a terrible car accident. And his injuries were quite severe. And what happened to Brian was that his injuries from the car accident triggered um, a form of epilepsy. And um, as the years progressed, uh, the epileptic seizures became more severe and led to his untimely death. But I'll backtrack. After he uh, recovered here in Vancouver from the terrible car accident, he decided to pack his bags and head to Montreal uh, because at the time Montreal had a great jazz scene. There were all kinds of people there uh, playing and clubs and of course um, Expo 67 was about to happen which meant uh, employment, uh, all kinds of uh, the same thing as Expo 86 here in Vancouver, employment for musicians and uh, chances to play and, and all that kind of stuff. And Montreal was just a happening city at that time. And so Brian took advantage of that because he really wanted to just play jazz. And um, he had acquired a soprano saxophone and uh, was playing mostly tenor saxophone. And so um, Brian hooked up with a number of uh, fine jazz musicians in Montreal. Pierre Leduc was one of them. Uh, my good friend Ron Proby, who was originally from Vancouver, a wonderful trumpet player. He left here many, many years ago and was a very established figure in Montreal. So Brian started working with, with them and playing all kinds of gigs in Montreal. And also, um, he ended up playing at Expo 67 with the great Maynard Ferguson. He also uh, did some... Uh, they're, they're hard to find. He, he did uh, a few sideman recordings with Maynard and also with another great Canadian trumpet player by the name of Herbie Spanier. And, but the important event was that Brian formed a trio in 1968 with the legendary drummer Claude Ranger. Now there is a book out on Claude Ranger, which is just come out in the last few months by Mark Miller, and it's a, it's a biography of Ranger and his contribution to Canadian jazz. And he is going to be, he is the drummer on our jazz feature. So anyway, the, this trio, which was called Aquarius Rising, featured Brian Barley on tenor saxophone, and originally Michelle Donato on bass, and Claude Ranger on drums. Um, not too long after Michel Donato uh, got very busy with other things 
and he was replaced by a very fine electric bassist by the name of Danielle Lassard. And that trio uh, worked around, did all kinds of gigs in Montreal, and they were brought into CBC's recording studio in, in Montreal in June of 1970, and they recorded this album, which is really the only album that Brian Barley ever made under his own name. And it's simply called the Brian Barley Trio. But it really is the, the, their, their pet name for this band was Aquarius Rising. And it featured Brian on tenor and uh, on one tune soprano saxophone, and Daniel Lassard on electric bass, and Claude Ranger on drums. And of course, sad to say, Brian passed away about a year after this album was, kill, uh, was made, June 28, 1971. And um, the promise of his playing was, we'll never know, uh, sad to say. And he was only 28 years old. And uh, I always thought of uh, this album as being such so promising and uh, what he could have done had been given more time. Anyway, Brian Barley. So Brian is part of our, uh, what we've been doing all month on the jazz feature is obscure musicians. Um, last week we had pianist Valdo Williams. We opened with, um, on the first week in October, with a tenor saxophonist by the name of Rocky Boyd. And this evening, Brian Barley, one of the great unsung Canadian musicians. And we're going to hear his album right now. The pieces of music on here, um, four out of the five tunes are written by Brian. We open with one called Plexidance, and the second tune is called Schlux. And then we go to a tune written by Claude Ranger called Le Pinguin. In other words, The Penguin. And that was uh, Claude's tune. And then uh, Brian switches to soprano saxophone on tune number four called Two by Five. And the final tune is entitled Onlyness. So this then is the Brian Barley Trio. Recorded in Montreal in June of 1970, Brian on tenor and soprano saxophones, Daniel Lossard on electric bass, and Claude Ranger on drums, our jazz feature this evening. Thank you. 
Our jazz feature this evening, a band that was uh, called Aquarius Rising, but uh, what it really is is the Brian Barley Trio. And Brian Barley, legendary Canadian saxophonist who was uh, born in Sarnia, Ontario, December 10th, 1942, and was only 28 when he passed away as a result of um, epilepsy brought on by a, a terrific, uh, horrible car accident. And he died June the 28th, 1971 in Toronto. Brian Barley was uh, an incredibly creative musician and we'll never know uh, what more he could have uh, contributed to uh, music and jazz and uh, improvised sounds, composition, uh, he was a, a trained classical clarinetist uh, at the beginning of his career and, of course, played jazz on the side, uh, had taken up the saxophone when he was 13, and uh, uh, eventually, in 1966, moved to Montreal and decided to pursue jazz full-time as a tenor saxophonist doubling on soprano saxophone and played with uh, various people in Montreal and really made an impression on the Montreal jazz scene at the time and formed this band that he called Aquarius Rising um, with himself on tenor and soprano saxophone and at first uh, Michel Donato on bass, and he was replaced by the bass player you heard on this recording, electric bassist Daniel Lassard. And on drums, the legendary and absolutely one of the geniuses of the drums Claude Veranger, who, of course, has just had a bi biography published, written by Mark Miller, and um, it's a beautiful book on on um, on Claude and his his life and his relationship with uh, uh, jazz music in in Canada, in Toronto, in Montreal, and in Vancouver. And, of course, as, as most of us know, um, Claude moved to uh, out in the valley and uh, lived in a small house. He had sold all of his drums and um, at age 59. And uh, one day, he just wandered off. And he is still listed on the RCMP Missing Persons. They have never found Claude. He just disappeared. Poof, gone. And uh, to this day, we don't know, nobody knows what happened. He would be uh, in his 70s right now. He'd be in his mid-70s. And uh, we don't know what happened to Claude. But he made his mark on music, and we heard his uh, incredible work on this recording um, with Brian Barley. So the music we heard was Brian's only album under his own name, and it was recorded for um, CBC Records when they were doing records back in Montreal in June of 1970, about a year before Brian passed away. So we heard Brian on tenor and on one-tune soprano saxophone with Daniel Lassard on electric bass and Claude Ranger on drums. The tunes we heard, we opened with Plexidance, uh, written by Brian Barley, and then a second tune, the longest track on the album, written by 
uh, Barley called Schlucks. And then we heard uh, an interesting tune, tune number three, um, by Claude Ranger, and it was called Le Penguin. In other words, uh, my fractured French, the Penguin. And uh, then we uh, moved to uh, Brian's only outing on soprano saxophone, two by five was tune number four. And the final tune, I guess the the quietest, um, most peaceful tune on the set was uh, Brian's composition called Oneliness or Onliness. And um, that's it. That's uh, basically the music that Brian wanted to play and was doing at the time. And um, unfortunately, that's it, his only recording. So this is part of our series um, of jazz features on uh, obscure and lesser known but incredibly amazing musicians. And Brian Barley was definitely one of them. All right, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We're going to come back with a wonderful, a couple of tracks from a wonderful recording by the Red Mitchell Harold Land Quintet. Their only recording is a short-lived band with the uh, great bassist Red Mitchell and one of my favorite tenor saxophonists, Harold Land. And uh, they, they were fortunate enough, although the, the group didn't last that long, they were fortunate enough to make one record. And uh, we're going to hear a couple of tracks from it. Right after these messages, you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back. UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. Have you heard of the Scorter? Yes. That salty magazine from CITR 101.9 FM? Yes. Pick up your copy of this month's issue at Red Cat Records, Budgie's Burritos, the VPL, or at any of our other 132 distribution locations. This issue features Aura Kogan, Holy Hum, Van City Queens, Good Night Out, and Sawdust Collector, plus reviews of local artists, shows, and other creative endeavors, all in one Salty F publication. Yes! Yes, yes, yes.
before we get into uh, music again, we'll, we're going to tell you about the weather for the week, yeah. It's the middle of October, and we're getting November weather already. It's not cold enough yet, quite cold enough for November, but boy, uh, it sure was sudden. We went from summer, <laughs> no fall, and uh, it seems this week we're into winter, and especially today, and uh, it's going to continue, unfortunately. Tonight is uh, rain and windy with a low of 11. Tomorrow is going to be showers. Then there's going to be a break, uh, a mix of sun and cloud. We're going to, the sun's going to come out a little bit, um, but there's also a chance of a 40% chance of a shower. So, you know, it's going to be one of those kind of off-on days, mixed, mixed bag days tomorrow with a low of 11 and a high of 14. Then for Wednesday and Thursday, basically rain and windy with uh, lows between 8 and 9 and highs up to about 13. Friday is cloudy with a 70% chance of a shower with a low of 9, high of 12. And then rain is back for the weekend, both Saturday and Sunday with lows around 7 and highs between 13 and 14. Ooh, gloomy. But that's the way it is. We're used to that stuff here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we're getting the umbrellas out of mothballs and all that sort of stuff. But uh, it's here. And uh, it seems seems a little early this year. Usually we get these dark days in November. Hey, who knows? Who knows what will happen in November? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Back to music. Uh, as promised, the... Red Mitchell Harold Land Quintet. They only made one album for Atlantic Records, and it's a great one. And it features um, the people involved here, um, the great Harold Land on tenor saxophone, along with uh, Frank Strazari on piano and uh, on bass. Of course, uh, the co-leader, Red Mitchell, and Carmel Jones on trumpet, a great, great trumpet player um, who moved to, uh, after living in the Los Angeles area and making a real name for himself, he moved to New York and hated New York City and packed his bags and headed for Europe. And uh, he was there for almost the rest of his life, and then he came back home to his hometown of Lawrence, Kansas, and passed away there. But a great musician, as you'll hear on here, influenced by Clifford Brown, but um, what a wonderful trumpet player. And on drums, uh, an old friend from... Uh, San Diego, where Harold Land was born and raised, uh, Leon Pettis on drums. And that was the personnel of the quintet. So it was the Harold Land Red Mitchell Quintet. And we're going to hear two Harold Land compositions. First one is called Triplin' the Wow, and the second one is called Catacomb. And uh, these were recorded in uh, October of 1961 for Atlantic Records. And uh, from this album called Hear Ye, Hear Ye, the Red Mitchell, Harold Land Quintet. Here's some great music. Thank you. 
Well, instead of two, I gave you three tunes from uh, this wonderful album called Hear Ye, Hear Ye, Hear Ye. The Red Mitchell Harold Land Quintet, one of the great uh, and sadly uh, short-lived jazz groups uh, based in Los Angeles. And this was recorded for Atlantic Records and the great bassist Red Mitchell and the equally great tenor saxophonist Harold Land, um, the two co-leaders of this band, along with uh, Carmel Jones on trumpet, Frank Strazeri on piano, and Leon Petties on drums. And we heard two Harold Land compositions to kick off. The first one was called Triplin' a While, and the uh, second one was called Catacomb. And then we moved to uh, a composition, the final tune, the up-tempo thing, uh, written by Red Mitchell, dedicated to his uh, wife, Rosie, and it was called Rosie's Spirit. So three tunes from this uh, Atlantic album, and uh, it is a classic. The cover is really uh, something to look at. I wish I could uh, go into a lengthy description of it, but I won't. But um, it's a neat cover. You can probably find it if you look on the web, and uh, that's what the album is called. Um, The Red Mitchell Harold Land Quintet, the album is called Hear Ye issued on Atlantic Records, recorded in L.A. in 1961, and uh, this band's only recording. We have a couple of messages for you. just like to remind you uh, that my name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll be right back with some music by some great Vancouver musicians from a brand new album. We'll tell you what it is right after this. UBC Careers Day and Graduate and Professional Schools Fair is happening on October 18th and 19th from 11 to 5 p.m. in the AMS Student Nest and features over 150 exhibitors for you to connect with to explore current or future employment, academic, or involvement opportunities. To help you prepare for this event, the Center for Student Involvement and Careers is holding Learning Labs on October 16th and 17th to ensure that you are ready to impress exhibitors on the day of the event. For more information, visit students.ubc.ca and search for career fair. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. A brand new album by the gentleman that... uh, programs Frankie's Jazz Club. Of course, he's one of the most uh, ubiquitous members of the um, local jazz scene. I'm talking about Corey Weeds, and of course, Corey ran and owned the cellar on uh, 
West Broadway for uh, well over 13 years. And of course, Corey is, uh, puts out a lot of very interesting records. This is his latest records, CDs. Well, you can buy the vinyl too, you know. Um, and he also has, uh, among other things, he has this record label, and it's called Seller Live, and they put out a lot of very, very fine music that features not only Corey, of course, and, and people that he is, uh, his circle of musicians, but uh, uh, all, all kinds of people. It's a great catalog. You should check it out. This is the, the latest from Corey, and it's a project that um, he discussed with the great New York um, organist and friend of Corey's, Mike LaDon. And they decided, um, Mike kind of came up with the idea that they do the music of one of the most iconic R&B groups, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Now, there is no doubt, no doubt about the musicianship of the musicians from Earth, Wind, and Fire. That is quality music all the way. And they decided, Corey and Mike LaDon decided to do, uh, this album is basically uh, a tribute to Earth, Wind, and Fire, taking their tunes and um, putting them into a, a more jazz uh, context, but still retaining the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire. So the music is called Let's Groove, the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire. And it features Corey on alto saxophone, Steve Caldestat on tenor saxophone, two of our finest musicians here, uh, Mike LaDon on Hammond B3 organ, Dave Sekula on guitar, Jason Tyman on drums, and we're going to hear two tunes from this uh, album. The album is called Let's Groove, and it's on the Cellar Live label, and it's uh, uh, a more recent issue. It was recorded in Vancouver uh, in April of 2017. And we're going to hear the title track, Let's Groove. Uh, Morris White was uh, um, the composer of this tune. And I think probably the most recognizable Earth, Wind, and Fire melody is tune number two, and that's Shining Star. So here, then, is Corey Weeds, Mike LaDon, and company, and the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Thank you. 
We heard two tunes from this uh, wonderful album on Cellar Live. Corey Weeds, uh, the album is called Let's Groove, and the music is the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire. And it's an idea that uh, Corey and Hammond organist, New York Hammond organist uh, Mike LaDon, had to put together an album of the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire and give it a jazz flavor. And, of course, Earth, Wind, and Fire being the, uh, uh, one of the most iconic uh, R&B groups, quality stuff. So we heard Corey on alto saxophone, which is my favorite instrument that he plays, and Steve Caldestat on tenor saxophone, Mike Ladon on Hammond B3, Dave Sakula, wonderful guitarist, and Jason Tiemann on drums. And we heard two tunes from this album. We'll play some more some other time. This was recorded um, in Vancouver in uh, April uh, of this year. And we, the two tunes we heard were uh, both by Morris White, who, of course, was uh, one of the main composers of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. We heard Let's Groove was the first tune, and the second tune was, I think, one of the most familiar of all Earth, Wind, and Fire, Melodies, Shining Star. So I hope you enjoyed those two pieces of music from uh, some homeboys here, mostly, uh, with the exception of uh, organist uh, Mike LaDon. Great players. Latest album by Corey Weed's Let's Groove on the Cellar Live label. And, of course, there's uh, a lot of wonderful albums on that label, and it's a real tribute to uh, the many um, abilities of Corey Weed's, not only as a wonderful player and musical promoter, but uh, he runs this uh, amazing record label. Quality stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. We are going to now take you back in time. A lot of people have asked me about uh, the importance of Fats Navarro. They know that he played the trumpet. They also know that he died young. He was only 26 when he died, and he was a victim of... uh, uh, several things, including uh, drug addiction. Uh, Fats was originally from Florida, from, uh, from Key West, and uh, he was one of the most phenomenal modern jazz trumpet players. He is, along with Dizzy Gillespie and Miles Davis, Fats Navarro wrote the book on jazz trumpet. And I guess we can mention Kenny Dorham in there as well. But Fats Navarro really influenced a whole generation of trumpet players. If you listen to Lee Morgan, he comes from Fats Navarro. And even before Lee Morgan, Clifford Brown. Um, They all uh, um, came from Fats Navarro's concept of playing the trumpet. 
And unfortunately, Fats, when he died in 1950, um, all of his recordings, of course, were all on um, three-minute discs, and uh, he never lived to the LP era. Uh, there is some uh, air shots that are a little longer than, uh, than these uh, studio recordings, but most jazz recordings were on 10-inch, 78 RPM records, and they, they lasted uh, no more than three minutes. You really, had to, you, you really had to know your stuff. The music was uh, three minutes long. And uh, the tunes, you had to play the heads, play some solos, and get the hell out of there very quickly. This, uh, we're going to hear the four tunes recorded on this particular recording session. It's one of my favorites by Fats. And it was recorded in December of 1947 in New York City uh, for Savoy Records. And we're going to hear the four master takes uh, from this. These are all compositions by Fats Navarro, by the way. And this is his quintet uh, with Fats on trumpet and a very young, straight from Washington, D.C., Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone. And his early style, it, it, it's quite recognizable, but he, he did really develop his a more personal voice later on. But he sounds good on this. And uh, here he is with Fats Navarro on the front line on piano, uh, one of Fats's closest compatriots, the great Tad Dameron, who was known more for his compositions than his piano playing, but his piano playing is very distinctive as well. And from Newark, New Jersey, Nelson Boyd on bass, one of the fine bass players in the modern jazz era. And the drummer is Art Blakey, and uh, some very early Art Blakey on drums. We're going to open with uh, Fats's. Um, variations on uh, the old standard out of nowhere, and he calls it Nostalgia. That's the opener. Uh, the next tune is called Barry's Bop, and Barry is the great, uh, one of the great jazz critics at the time, Barry Ulanoff, who wrote a lot of good articles on modern jazz because it was being dumped on by a lot of um, <laughs> people that didn't, uh, didn't like the modern jazz musicians. Uh, they were known as uh, heretics. <laughs> there you go, revolutionaries. Um, tune number three is called Bebop Romp, and the final tune is called Fats Blows. So there you go, four tunes from this, um, from Savoy Records, recorded by the great, late, and wonderful Theodore Fats Navarro. <laughs> Thank you. 
We heard four tunes from Saboy Records, this recording session by Fats Navarro, done in New York City, December 5th, 1947. And um, Fats, of course, on trumpet, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, Tad Dameron on piano, Nelson Boyd on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. And four compositions by Fats Navarro. And uh, you had an idea um, what a groundbreaker he was. And he really proceeded so many, um, stylistically influenced so many trumpet players um, down through the generations of trumpet playing, modern jazz trumpet playing. And Fats was um, as great as Dizzy Gillespie or Miles Davis. As he was as much a, a, a pioneer as, uh, as these gentlemen. And uh, he possessed such a, a, a gorgeous sound. And, and, you know, don't forget, he died in 1950, so um, we only have these sort of short recordings that were um, done at the time, three-minute discs, uh, to appreciate his, uh, his, his music. And, um, of course, the, the sound quality is, is the best of the time. Um, had Fats lived longer, we, we would have heard him uh, play some much more lengthy solos. And, uh, uh, but you get an idea of his uh, greatness from this particular recording session, one of my favorites of Fats. And it, it is his band. So there you go. And four tunes written by him. The first one was called Nostalgia. The second one was called Barry's Bop, dedicated to the jazz critic Barry Ulanoff. And the tune number three was called Bebop Romp. And the final tune, uh, based on the chord progressions of Gershwin's Lady Be Good, called Fats Blows. Fats Navarro. Theodore Fats Navarro. I did promise some music by Lee Konitz. Now, Lee Konitz came up in the 40s, and he was... um, a very distinctive alto saxophonist and made some very, very iconic records. Lee Konitz um, was very different from Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker's influence on especially the alto saxophone was all-pervasive, and most uh, alto saxophonists <laughs> sounded like Charlie Parker. Lee Konitz didn't. He sounded, he played his own way. And, of course, um, his musical ideas uh, were very different. So he really emerged as one of the most distinctive stylists alongside Charlie Parker. And Lee Konitz um, is still alive. He just celebrated on October 13th his 90th birthday. He still hangs out, and he still plays. And... um, he still has an incredible sense of humor. He's got kind of a, uh, I hate to uh, put the two of them together because uh, uh, Woody Allen is kind of a controversial figure, but uh, Lee Konitz sort of has a, wood, a Woody Allen if, um, sense of humor. Um, and uh, he, he really is quite funny. He was asked one time uh, uh, by a famous jazz critic why he didn't emulate Charlie Parker. And he simply says, well, I can't. Who can? Come on. Use your head. 
<laughs> and uh, of course, uh, it caught the critic off guard, and uh, and of course, Lee busted out laughing, and so on. He, he he's um, a very interesting conversationalist, and and very very funny, but also a very very serious musician, and. He's made so many iconic records, but one of my favorites is this one. It was done in Los Angeles in 1953, um, early 1953, when Lee Konitz sat in with one of the most influential groups of its time, the Jerry Mulligan Quartet, pianoless band. Jerry Mulligan on baritone saxophone, with Chet Baker on trumpet, uh, Carson Smith on bass and Larry Bunker on drums. Konitz was uh, playing with Stan Kenton's band at the time. And of course, playing with Kenton's band uh, was a, a steady gig for Lee, Stan being one of the most prominent band leaders. Um, Lee, of course, enjoyed the challenges of playing Stan Kenton's music. But he didn't really get much of a chance, although Kenton did give him some features, but he, he really didn't get a, a whole lot of chances to solo in Kenton's band because, you know, it's a big band, right, and you're restricted. Um, it's, not, it's not like a small group where you've got a chance to uh, stretch out and solo and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure that um, what happened was uh, that um, the great... Uh, producer uh, D Richard Bach was bringing his tape recorder down to uh, Jerry Mulligan's gig at a place called The Hague, which was like a converted house in Los Angeles, but it was one of the more iconic jazz clubs there. And Mulligan's band, the quartet with Chet Baker, was the house band. Uh, they were there six nights a week, and uh, Mulligan, of course, was uh, recording and also you know, playing um, every night of the week. And um, so it happened that Stan Kenton's band was doing a concert in, in um, Los Angeles, and they had a couple of nights off. And Lee Konitz, um, of course, drifted down uh, to The Hague, and he sat in with Jerry Mulligan. And these recordings were made. And it's some of the best Lee Konitz, um, to my mind, um, some of the best he's ever played. Uh, I've heard some reports where Lee was um, um, cheesed off with Jerry Mulligan for some reason. But uh, this is, um, some critic may, made this up, because uh, I, I asked Lee Konitz about this. I, I said, I, I heard from, and he said, no, no, no. He said, that's just, the, that's a bullshit story. Um, I wasn't mad at Jerry. He, he said, I'm always mad at Jerry, but I love him. And no, um, I just went down there to really enjoy myself. It was getting away from Kenton's band, um, as, as great as it was, uh, and, and just being able to uh, um, play and, and, and solo and, and, and be featured. He said it was a real privilege, and he said, I'm glad those recordings are, are there. He said, I didn't even realize uh, I was being recorded. So we're going to hear Lee Konitz with the Jerry Mulligan Quartet. And um, Lee is the featured soloist on here. So it's uh, Konitz on alto saxophone as featured soloist, Jerry Mulligan, the leader on baritone, uh, Chet Baker on trumpet, Carson Smith on bass, Larry Bunker on drums. And uh, we're going to hear a bunch of tunes recorded at The Hague 
First one is uh, Standard by Johnny Mercer. Um, great solo by Lee. The tune is Too Marvelous for Words. Second tune is a tune that actually Charlie Parker recorded and recorded beautifully. Lee does his version of the famous ballad Lover Man, and it's one of his finest solos. And then we move to um, the Mulligan Quartet's arrangement of a standard tune that everybody played called I'll Remember April. And we'll wrap things up with um, All the Things You Are. That's another great solo by Konitz. And a staple of the Mulligan Quartet, a tune written by Bernie Miller called Bernie's Tune. So here then, Lee Konitz with the Jerry Mulligan Quartet.
Thank you. 
bunch of tunes, five of them to be exact. Lee Konitz, the great alto saxophonist who is still very much with us. He's 90 years old. He just celebrated his 90th birthday on October 13th. And uh, Lee Konitz sitting in with the Jerry Mulligan Quartet recorded at The Hague in Los Angeles uh, back in January of 1953. And uh, Konitz was uh, playing touring with the Stan Kenton Orchestra, and he popped in, and, unfortu- and fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, fortunately, um, the producer for um, Pacific Jazz Records, Richard Bach, was there with his tape recorder, and he, uh, he taped a whole bunch of tunes, and uh, we captured Lee with, uh, with Jerry Mulligan's iconic quartet with uh, Jerry Mulligan on baritone saxophone, Chet Baker on trumpet, Carson Smith on bass, and Larry Bunker on drums. And, of course, Lee Konitz on alto saxophone, featured on all of the tunes that we heard. We opened with um, Johnny Mercer, Richard Whiting tune called Too Marvelous for Words, and then uh, a beautiful rendition of um, the famous tune that Charlie Parker put on the jazz map, written by Ram Ramirez, called Lover Man. And then a, a great jazz standard by Ray and DePaul, uh, played by everybody, I'll Remember April. And then another one, a uh, tune that became a jazz standard, um, Jerome Kern's All the Things You Are. And finally, um, a tune that uh, was a staple of the Mulligan Quartet, Bernie's tune, written by a guy named Bernie Miller, and uh, featured, of course, uh, Konitz with uh, the quartet. Legendary recording, Konitz Meets Mulligan. Belated happy birthday to uh, Lee Konitz. May he continue to live. As I mentioned before, he still plays. Um, He hangs out uh, at clubs in New York where he lives and uh, shows up on gigs and uh, uh, supports um, all kinds of jazz music in New York. And uh, Lee's face is uh, very often there and of course, he uh, takes the occasional gig as well. So that's pretty wonderful for a guy who is now 90 years old. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. 
And I always mention a couple of uh, websites, uh, if you're not familiar with them. One of them, of course, is a very important website. That's the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And uh, they're presenting a huge concert this uh, uh, Wednesday, October 18th, at the Chan Center, right here at UBC. It's the famous band led by drummer Jack DeJanette. John Medeski's in the band. Um, incredible group called Hudson. And uh, they're going to be appearing. Uh, that's going to be quite an event uh, put on by the uh, Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And, of course, they are also the backers of Frankie's, Frankie's Jazz Club on Beatty Street. And that's choreographed by Corey Weeds. And there's always good music at Frankie's. And, of course, uh, Coastal Jazz and Blues produces the big jazz festival. But um, as uh, they do have concerts throughout the year, like the one I just mentioned with uh, Hudson. Um, and uh, you can get on their website which is coastaljazz.ca, and you can check everything out on there. It's a very comprehensive website and also the whole schedule at uh, Frankie's. And you can uh, check out artists that you would like to see. You can make reservations. You can pay for them. You can do everything on that website. So that's coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, I always like to mention uh, another really fine club that presents jazz on a regular basis, and that's Pat's Pub. Uh, in the downtown east side in the historic Patricia Hotel. Every Saturday afternoon, they have uh, some of our finest jazz musicians performing there uh, from 3 in the afternoon until 7 in the evening. And uh, there's no cover. Um, you, just, you can go in and just check out the music, have a beer, have a cup of tea, uh, whatever. Uh, but if you do um, decide to have some food, it's really good down there. And uh, lots of room to park and uh, so on. Very friendly atmosphere at Pat's Pub. Good jazz every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 7. And uh, one more website I'd like, you, I'd like to mention is the, uh, the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. Uh, I already mentioned that one. Is uh, Brian Nation's wonderful website, which he um, monitors and... Uh, uh, choreographs, and that's uh, vancouverjazz.com. So that's a very comprehensive website, some nice articles on there, and uh, good stuff to browse around. So two websites, coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. We're going to turn things over to a band that's uh, based in Toronto, and it's called Turboprop. And it's a wonderful band. It's led by a drummer by the name of uh, Ernesto Cervini. Very, very fine drummer. And he says this is really not his band. This is more a collective. He doesn't think of it as, as himself, Ernesto Cervini, the big band leader leading these guys. He thinks of it as a, a collective organization. And maybe that's the, the best way to, uh, to um, make the best music. But Ernesto is the... Um, uh, person that organized this band and he is the drummer and a wonderful one too. Dan Loomis is the bass player. Uh, Adrian Ferrugia on piano. Uh, the wonderful William Karn on trombone and up from New York one of the finest uh, younger saxophone players on the scene, Joel Fromm. 
and on alto and soprano saxophones, the wonderful Tara Davidson. She's great. Uh, we're going to hear um, a tune written by Adrian Ferrugia, um, and it's called The Libertine. And then we're going to move to another tune uh, written by Ernesto Servini, and it's called Granada Bus. And so, therefore, this is the band uh, called Turbo Prop, and this is their latest album. It's called Rev, and it's available um, on anzirecords.com, A-N-Z-I-C-R-E, N-N-Z-C-R-E Records, anzirecords.com, all one word. And uh, you can find this album. It's uh, excellent. It was recorded back in 2016 in, uh, in Toronto. So we kick off with The Libertine by Adrian Ferrugia.
Now, that's a damn good band. That's a band called Turboprop, led by drummer Ernesto Cervini. And the band is based in uh, Toronto. And uh, this is out on uh, Anzic Records. And you can uh, check them out at anzicrecords.com. A-N-Z-I-C-R-E-C-O-R-D-S.com. The people involved here, Tara Davidson on soprano saxophones. Uh, she soloed on that last tune. Uh, Joel Fromm, great from New York, on tenor saxophone. William Carn on trombone. Adrian Ferrugia on piano. Dan Loomis on bass. And Ernesto Cervini on drums. First tune was entitled The Libertine, written by Adrian Ferrugia. And the second tune was inspired by a trip in Spain that uh, Ernesto took, and it's called Granada Bus, and uh, that was tune number two. The album is called Rev, and as I mentioned before, it's on Anzic Records, Ernesto Cervini's Turboprop. All right, we are going to turn things over to a great club in New York City called Boomers, legendary clubs, no longer there, but... um, This band recorded there in 1973, and what a band. Sam Jones on bass, Louis Hayes on drums, the great Cedar Walton on piano, and one of my favorite tenor saxophonists, Clifford Jordan. And we're going to hear a Cedar Walton composition uh, opening the set called The Highest Mountain. And then we're going to move to uh, Thelonious Monk's famous blues tune called Blue Monk. And right after that, a a short version of um, the band's theme, the Bleecker Street theme, written by Cedar Walton. So here, then, is the Cedar Walton Quartet with Clifford Jordan on tenor saxophone. And we begin with The Highest Mountain. Thank you. 
We heard two tunes, actually three, by the Cedar Walton Quartet featuring Clifford Jordan. Of course, Cedar Walton on piano, Clifford Jordan on tenor saxophone, the great Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums. And all of that was recorded in January of 1973 at a club in New York City called Boomers. And uh, the tunes we heard, um, the first one was Cedar Walton's tune, The Highest Mountain. And then we followed that with Thelonious Monk's great uh, blues tune, Blue Monk. And we ended with a uh, short version of the band's theme, The Bleaker Street Blues. Cedar Walton, one of the great piano players, and Clifford Jordan is one of my favorite uh, tenor saxophonists. We're going to close the evening with the title track from a wonderful album by Jackie McLean. The quintet, Jackie McLean's quintet, featuring his son, Rennie McLean. And Jackie, of course, one of the major voices of the alto saxophone. And Rene is on tenor saxophone. Hotep Idris Galeta on piano, Nat Reeves on bass, and Carl Allen is on drums. And this is the title track from the album. It's a composition by Rene McLean, and it's called Rites of Passage.
That's the title track called Rites of Passage by an album by Jackie McLean and his quintet. That's the same band that uh, came to Vancouver uh, way back when at the Vogue Theater, the only time Jackie McLean had ever appeared here in Vancouver. It was a great concert, and this very same band performed um, with uh, Steve Davis added on uh, trombone. But here's just the quintet with Jackie, of course, on his uh, acid-toned alto saxophone, and his son, Rene, on tenor saxophone. And Rene wrote that piece as well. Uh, Hotep Idris Galata on piano, Nat Reeves on bass, and Carl Allen on drums. And uh, the tune, of course, was Rites of Passage. Jackie McLean. Wrapping up another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. I'd just like to thank everyone for being out there this evening. And if you stayed uh, for the full show, great. And if you heard only part of it, wonderful, too. You can also check us out later via our podcast system. All you have to do is get onto uh, the CITR website, which is citr.ca, and uh, you'll find it there. Anyway, we shall see you in seven days' time. I hope you can join us again. My name's Gavin Walker. This has been another edition of The Jazz Show, and you're listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll see you in seven rainy days. Take care. Bye-bye.